1: With your hosts, Luke Sylvia and Jonathan Osborne, covering all things Magic Basketball. Five fans, four fans. Go Magic! What's going on, Orlando Magic fans? You guys are back with the six man show. Today is August 24th, 2023. Jonathan Osborne here. As always, I'm joined by my co host, Luke Sylvia. We're going to lead today's show, unfortunately, with some tragic news. Uh, Kimberly Van Gundy, the the wife of Stan Van Gundy, former Orlando Magic head coach. Uh, Kimberly is unexpectedly and tragically passed away this week. This news broke literally as we were uh, getting set to record the podcast here. The Magic sent out a, a tweet that says, we are deeply saddened to learn about the loss of Kim Van Gundy. Our thoughts and prayers are with Stan, their children, Shannon, Michael, Allison and Kelly, just tragic, awful news, Luke. Uh, we send our condolences, our love, our thoughts, and our prayers to the Stan uh, you know, Van Gundy's you know, family and uh, the entire Orlando Magic community is going to echo those sentiments as well. Just awful news, Luke.
2: Yeah, can't imagine what, what Stan and, and the whole family is going through. It, you know, Things like this happen, and I, I think that we become maybe reflective, at least I hope we are, about just our own families and the relationships we have with friends and whoever they are just about, you know, being, being present with them, telling them you're thinking of them, telling them you love them doing all of those things, um, you know, can go a long way. And uh, especially if you were to lose someone close to you, tragically, um, a lot of people have at this point, I am sure uh, and understand where I'm coming from, but um, really heartbreaking news
1: for sure. Yeah, I can't, echo that enough cherish your loved ones tell someone that you love them today stop this podcast right now text whoever it is that just came to mind let them know that you love them and uh you know don't take your family for granted so uh, again our thoughts and prayers are with stan and his entire family and we are going to do our best here uh to to move into the content that we had planned for today um so over the last couple of days there's been uh, different uh, news in terms of the magic signing different players to uh, partially guaranteed exhibit 10 contracts uh, which basically it's it's essentially like a training camp invite if you will uh, the the most recent and I guess most exciting um, has been uh, this year's dunk contest winner uh, an NBA guard Mac McClung uh, the magic signed him to an exhibit 10 contract uh, over uh, the last couple of days here um mac you know played at georgetown was undrafted out of texas tech was on a two-way contract with the uh, philadelphia 76ers last week obviously won the the dunk contest uh, and this year played with the delaware blue coats the uh, sixers g league affiliate averaged 19.8 points five assists and 2.6 rebounds Uh, Another guard, Mie Oni, who played in the British Basketball League uh, this past year. He was a 2019 Ivy League Player of the Year. Second round pick in 2019. Spent three seasons with the Jazz uh, before he was traded to the Thunder and then was then waived. Uh, He played for Yale. So uh, another Ivy League guy we had, Devin Kennedy, uh, who played for, I believe it was Princeton, if I'm not mistaken, Luke, in the Ivy League. So another Uh, guard from the Ivy League in Mie Oni and then to me this one might be the most exciting Uh, Trevlin Queen who was undrafted out of New Mexico State in 2020 uh, played with the Rockets and also played with the uh, G League Rio Grande Valley Vipers where last year he was the G League MVP averaged 25.3 points 6.7 rebounds 5.2 assists so uh, stacking up on guards with these Exhibit 10 contracts, Luke.
2: Yeah, I think that might be... It, was that his MVP year stats? Yes. I think that that was the 21-22 season with the Vipers. So this last season with Fort Wayne, he was uh, 22.6 points per game, 4.5 um, assists, 6.5 rebounds, almost 50% from the field. 27 percent from three but he shot seven a game right he was basically the guy there in uh fort wayne and like you said the most exciting to you and me as well and really the reason for me is he was in the uh, destination nba a g-league odyssey which is like a a documentary that followed basically the life of the g-league and certain players in it um one of them being uh traveling queen and um and he was kind of highlighted here and there they focus more in on his teammate gabe york um, former lakeland magic player as well and uh, just their dynamic and and things like that and 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 how the journey is so super interesting if you guys want to check it out it's on prime video actually um but yeah traveling queen just from that alone just hearing people talk about him what he does on the court how talented he is obviously his stats speak for it um and he has been in the nba he's played 17 total nba games in uh, the past couple seasons he played for the pacers last year seven games houston you know this the 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 season before that um and you know put up respectable numbers he's only playing seven and ten minutes a game but uh pretty cool to to be able to sign him and mac mcclung those are some two pretty interesting guys that we hope we don't see too much of if at all but it's still interesting and those exhibit tens you know, can also be, you know, converted into two way contracts as well, which is, you know, a basic training camp invite plus the ability to make them into to uh, uh, essentially the two way, which we've got one more spot. So it'll be interesting to see who wins that because I'm sure it'll be one of those three guys, I would assume.
1: And there's also always the chance that some of these guys end up in Osceola, you know, with the, mm-hmm. the was Lakeland now Osceola Magic, the Orlando Magic's G League affiliate. I would be surprised. I mean, maybe if it's Trevlin just because he's had so much success already in the G League. But given just the sheer amount of guards that we already have on this team, and uh, with those two ways, you already have Kevon Harris, another guard signed to the two-way, obviously Admiral Schofield. So I was kind of hoping that we would use that third two-way on like a big. But if it's a guy like Trevlin Queen or if it's a guy like Mac McClung, I, I wouldn't be all that mad about it. So just something to pay attention to, you know, over the course of the next five weeks or so, as we get closer to training camp, there'll be more news on these sort of like training camp invites and exhibit 10 deals. So uh, Jason Beatty is doing a great job reporting all this. A lot of the stats that we just uh, you know, pulled from uh, you know, his article up on Orlando com specifically. So he, he's basically has like a, a exhibit 10 tracker, Uh, that he's tweeted out. So if you don't follow him on Twitter, you can go ahead or X, I guess. If you don't follow him on X, uh, you can if you don't, you can follow him and then you can find that tracker uh, to keep up with all of these training camp invites and so on and so forth over the course of the next couple of weeks here. And then last bit of magic news, Luke, our boy, the meerkat, mighty mouse, Jameer Nelson uh, was on the Knuckleheads podcast. Uh, I guess they recorded it during summer league. So it's about a month or so old now. Uh, But with Q Rich, you know, with Darius Miles, one of the absolute best NBA podcasts, by the way. Like, I, I don't care who they have on. They always have such like great, candid conversations. And they had a fantastic, insightful, hilarious conversation with Jameer Nelson. Obviously, he talks about his time in Orlando a ton. And I I don't, maybe this isn't the, the best time to talk about this given what's going on with Stan, but Gilbert Arenas recently has a couple of times said that when he was in Orlando that people didn't necessarily love Stan Van Gundy. And every time they have one of like a former Magic player on the podcast, you can just tell that that is just absolute BS. Like people talk so glowingly about Stan. So that was one thing that really stood out to me is I've heard Gilbert say that you know, a couple of times recently. And I'm just like, there. This, there's no possible way when you hear the way that guys that were here for a long time talk about Stan and just talk about, you know, how how great of a person he is. So if you guys haven't listened to that already. I know uh, Luke hasn't had the opportunity to yet. I know he will. Uh, but if you guys haven't listened to that, like, please go back and listen to that. Listen, I mean, they, they've they done one with Markel. Uh, they've done one with White, obviously. They've done one with Hito Turkoglu. They've done a, a ton of Magic players, so if you guys haven't listened to that podcast before, like by all means, go back and find all that stuff. It's great.
2: Yeah, and next thing here, Jonathan, what we wanted to do, ESPN released their record predictions for the Eastern Conference. Now, you, myself, producer Kevin, went through the schedule recently and we listed our projections, which I believe were like forty-two wins. Me and Kev both said uh forty-two wins, and then you had said forty-three, I believe. So we said forty-two and thirty-eight, you said uh forty-three and thirty-seven. So I I like this because ESPN projected everyone in the basically top ten of the Eastern Conference. So it gives you an idea. Okay, if the teams up here at the top are winning this amount of games, where does that put us if we you know want to try to win forty two like you know, I had projected Kevin and projected at forty-three, like you said. And what if they don't? Like where where's the wiggle room? So on this, they've got the Celtics at one, fifty-five and twenty-seven, Bucks at two, fifty-four and twenty-eight, three, the Cavaliers, fifty and thirty-two, the Sixers, forty-seven and thirty-five at the four spot, the Heat at 46 and 36, the Knicks at sixth, 46 and 36 as well, then the Hawks at 41 and 41, Nets, 39, 43, Pacers 38 44, as well as the Magic 38 and 44. So, the Magic in this situation would really interchangeably be the 10 or the nine spot. So, in looking at this, if we were to say, like, well, based on what I thought, you know, 42 wins, they've got the Knicks at six with 46. So, this could maybe put the Magic at seven in this instance at 42 wins, which kind of stinks because you look at this and you're like oh maybe that does feel like the most realistic if, if the magic even if they win 42 games because teams like the knicks are likely going to be able to pull off a season where they they do have 46 wins right so it's tough to know but last year they won 47 and they're the fifth spot so unfortunately even if the magic won 42 they'd be at seven and have to be in the play in. but you only got to win one game that way and you get to host it which would be awesome so i sign me up for that outcome if the magic can be 7 sign me up honestly if they can if you tell me the magic are in play in next year i'm like good that's they should be 10 spot is a little lower than i want 9 much of the same hopefully we can get them in the the 7 or 8
1: yeah uh, so just looking at you know i placed a bet about a month ago now, uh, the on Bovada, the Magic's over under like season win total was set at thirty five and a half, and now I'm looking on DraftKings, so they're still sitting at over under thirty six and a half. So some places had them at thirty five, some places had them at thirty six. It's interesting now that like all of this has come out, and you know they're setting the Magic's wins at thirty eight, that none of these Vegas lines have moved. So that shows you how much. Vegas thinks about the ESPN quote unquote experts. If you're watching, not watching on YouTube, I'm putting experts in, in air quotes here. So it's pretty interesting, um, but still just like putting us right there with Indiana, I guess I, I kind of understand like below Brooklyn. Uh, I, I really don't know Miami, you know, 46 and 36, unless they know something that we don't and they are going to be trading for Dame. At that point, probably more than forty-six wins would be your projection for the Heat. But for uh, the Miami Heat team that we saw all of last year, and then like losing key pieces and and Gabe Vincent and Max Struce, I, I it's comical to me that they think the Heat are going to win forty-six games. But you know the the fact that they do have us at least in the play-in is encouraging. Like you're getting a little bit of respect there. But once again, just you know, just can't help but feel that nobody really pays attention to this team and knows this team. And over the I, course of the season, that will prove itself to be true.
2: And and also you got to look at the teams that, you know, one bad thing goes wrong for literally one player and a team can plummet. Brooklyn is prime example. If anything happened to bridges for any amount of time, that team plummets in my opinion. If you pull up the roster, they've got like, there's nothing like they've got bridges Cam Thomas, Spencer Dinwiddie, those are like their guys, right? Then you got Claxton, Finney Smith, Royce O'Neal. Obviously you got Ben, but I genuinely think if Bridges were to go down, that team could fall apart. Wheels could come off at that point. So, I think that they could definitely, I could see them falling below the Magic. I mean, ESPN only has them projected one win better than the Magic. So, and even the hawks, right? You're at the seven spot, you're only three wins better than the magic in that scenario based on what they had predicted for us at 38 wins. We will see. Jonathan, the other thing that happened is that some spreads came out, which our listeners know. I'm a big fan of all things Vegas spreads. So, spreads both uh food and betting lines, spreads. So,
1: what's your favorite spread food-wise? <sighs>
2: i it's maybe a good old thanksgiving there's a that's quite the spread you, you oh, put you're out talking, i thought there. we were
1: talking like jams jellies butter oh no i meant oh, like they, they, they put on spreads. like a
2: full spread you know okay. what i'm saying
1: well yeah i'm yeah i'm a fan yeah of both, so but yes of
2: course yes and jams are good too um so they they put out some of those they also put out the first thing i'll hit on here is the season opener so the first game of the year in october what the 25th is that correct October 25th at home against uh, Houston. The Magic currently three and a half point favorites. Just to give you guys an idea. Also, last season at home to Houston, they were a five point favorite. And the Magic lose that game. Paolo puts up 30, but the Magic lose that game at home. The Magic on the road against Houston. One point dogs win that game. So spreads don't mean a ton. But and we take it with a grain of salt. But it is nice to see, regardless of who the opponent is, the Magic favored to open the season. Starting the season one and zero would be a great feeling. We didn't get the experience of last year playing against Detroit and you know Beef Stew hitting that three against us, Isaiah Stewart. But then the end season tournament spreads came out. End season tournament, uh, November fourteenth at Brooklyn Magic open as two and a half point dogs. Against the Chicago, November seventeenth, three point dogs. November twenty first, hosting Toronto, the Magic minus two and a half, so the first game they're favored and only game their favorite in the end season tournament. And then November twenty fourth, hosting Boston, you're a four and a half point dog. Of those games, Jonathan, with those spreads, I tell you those, which one are you Are you actually eager for that you might put some money on if the time came? You're not much of a guy that will bet when it comes to the Magic in general, unless it's like a full season projection, prop, whatever. But in hearing those, Brooklyn, two and a half point dog, Chicago, three point dog, hosting Toronto, two and a half point favorite, hosting Boston, four and a half point dog. Which one do you look at? And you're like, that's the one I would most likely put money on.
1: Well, going back to like, this is relevant to the in-season tournament, but going back to the projections, I love the fact that not only Chicago, but also Toronto are both projected to finish lower than the Magic. Like, absolutely love that. And now when we talk about these spreads, like if you're a team at home and you're only giving two to three points, like to me... That tells me that Vegas thinks these teams are pretty even and they're just giving you the basically the points because you're you're the Mm -hmm. home team, right? Mm -hmm. You have the home court advantage. For me, probably the the Nets game, because I I think that's the most winnable of them all. Like even like Toronto at home will probably be tough. Like I, I really do expect the Magic to be significantly like at least, you know, four to five wins better than the Nets. I'm interested to see how teams with a, a full summer to look at Mikael Bridges' tape last year for the Nets as him as the number one option, how teams attack and game plan for him. He was great in the you know 20-plus games that he played for Brooklyn last year, but let's see you be the man night in and night out for an entire season. Am I convinced that he can do that yet? I'm, I'm really not. So I think these projections of Brooklyn are a little bit generous. So I'll probably say it would be that first one, but really like looking at all of these, like I like how close they are at Brooklyn at Chicago tells me they think that's going to be like a pick em, essentially Toronto at home. And then, and then you've got Boston. Yeah. You know, you, you've got three of the, well, yeah. Three of the four teams that you're going to play are pretty close to you in these projections. So We've been talking about the fact that the Magic have a really good chance to come out of East Group C, and this just kind of validates that a bit more for me.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Well, and then you, you look at, I think, another one that is risky play. But you're hosting Boston. You're in a four-and-a-half-point dog. We know what happens last year. Money line. You can go moneyline with this, I think. And the most recent matchup, after you go and smack up For the non
1: degenerates, the money line is just picking who's winning the game,
2: right? We're not going. You're going to get better odds that way than just going against the, the, the spread is what my friend Jonathan here is getting at on the schedule last year. You obviously go to TD and you win both those games, then you host them January 23rd and you win by 15, 113 to 98.
1: And home. you almost beat them the third game of the season, the home opener last year.
2: You lose by six, and that game felt closer than even six. So, it' not a bad bet. And also, if you get on this now, who knows where Boston is at and the their record and the group play come that game? Will they care as much? Are they going to be three and zero going into this game and just not you know? And they can whatever the math works out that they don't have to really care. It'll be interesting to see what happens there. But yeah, so always fun to see what Vegas, what ESPN, what everybody thinks about what the Magic are going to do because most of the time they're wrong and the Magic are going to do better. So that is the uh, the new news on that front.
1: I do find it interesting and, and sorry, I, I sort of missed the, the part about the home opener against the Rockets that I said like, hey, that two to three point area, like that's really just yeah. home court advantage. You get to three and a half, and I know it sounds silly, like, oh, it's just a half a point. But to me, Everything. that kind of falls outside of that range where they do think that the Magic are the better team. And given the amount of like veteran experience that they have on that team now that they didn't have last year, Jeff Green, Dylan Brooks, uh, Fred Van VanVleet, obviously, a lot of their younger guys getting better, obviously uh, young guys, know, adding a, a men Thompson. So uh, the Whitmore. fact that, yeah, Cam Whitmore as well. So the the fact that, Vegas is still seeing Orlando as the better team. And if you're the joker that was on one of our last comments or our last YouTube videos in the comments talking trash about how we expect to win that first game, like, yes, the Rockets are still going to be bad. I hate to break it to you. Enjoy the, the high lottery. So I have fun with that. But anyways, let's pivot a little bit. Now uh, we've talked just some uh, Orlando magic news and some of the like super magic focused uh, stuff that came out the last couple of days. Coming up uh, tomorrow, as you're listening to this on Thursday, so coming up on Friday at 4 a.m., the FIBA World Cup is going to start. So we thought this was going to be a a good opportunity to do a little FIBA World Cup preview, if you will. So when we're talking specifically about the Magic, the teams that if you're unfamiliar with international basketball or this may be like your first FIBA World Cup, and you haven't been paying attention like really closely the last you know couple of months here that we've been talking about this, the four teams that you really want to focus in on are going to be Georgia, Australia, Germany, and then Team USA because Gogo Batadze, Magic's very own, is playing for Georgia. Joe Ingles, recently signed with Orlando this season, is going to be playing for Australia. The boy, Franz Wagner, and his brother, Moritz Wagner, are going to be playing for Germany and then the number one overall pick and rookie of the year from last year, Paolo Bancaro, is going to be playing for Team USA. So I wanted to go through here and just take a couple of minutes to go through um, just sort of the situation around each of those four teams as they are relevant to the Magic, and just kind of talk about how they've been playing over the course of the last few weeks in these international friendlies, uh, getting ready for the FIBA World Cup. So first off, uh, with Georgia. A couple of names that you may recognize, obviously, uh, Goga Batadze, and then Sando Mamouk-Elishvili. Uh, is a, a mouthful there. Uh, he played for the San Antonio Spurs this last year. So two NBA players on this Georgia roster. Uh, they went three and three in international friendlies. I know Goga Batadze missed at least the first two, maybe three friendlies, and they did lose their first two. So that record may not really be indicative of how good they are, but they had losses to Lithuania, Latvia, and Australia, and then had wins over Jordan, Montenegro, and Nikola Vucevic. Goga Batazi had a great game in that one, and then a win also over Iran. And in the latest FIBA World Cup power rankings, Georgia is ranked 18th, and Georgia is in Group F, which we will cover the group's, uh, a little bit more in detail in a few minutes here. Uh, and then Luke, uh, Australia is absolutely stacked. Joe Ingles, Josh Giddy, Patty Mills, Matisse Theibel, Dyson Daniels, Josh Green, Jack White, who played for the Denver Nuggets last year, NBA champion Jack White, by the way, and then Xavier Cooks, who played for the Washington Wizards last year. They were 4-1 in international friendlies, a close loss to Brazil, and then wins over Venezuela, South Sudan, a big win over France, and then a win over Georgia. Australia, Luke, is ranked sixth in the latest FIBA power rankings. And now the big boys, Germany, uh, Franz Wagner, Moritz Wagner, Dennis Schroeder, Daniel Tice, Isaac Bonga. They went four and two in their international friendlies. They had a loss to Canada in the uh, Basketball Super Cup final in overtime. They also had a loss to the U.S., they had wins over Sweden, Canada, China, and Greece. Luke, they jumped all the way up to third in the le- latest uh, FIBA uh, power rankings. Germany getting some respect in these power rankings. Well, I, I think mean, actually it sh- might have been two. Yeah, I may be mistaken there. It, I think I, I definitely saw that. It's two. Um, yeah, so they jumped three spots. That's where the three came in my mind. But yeah, they're second. Uh, in the power rankings in the FIBA World Cup, that's crazy.
2: Well, all you have to do at that point is is watch what they did against the U.S. and and how well they challenged them, and just ended up falling apart at the end of being, uh, I mean, quite frankly, out talented. And uh, and it was their
1: second game of a back to back as well. I think that's important. Yeah.
2: So I I mean, not super surprising there that Germany jumps all the way to two.
1: Yeah, just a super fun team to watch. Uh, they defend really, really well. Tons of chemistry on this team. They just play so well together. When they are on and everything is clicking, right now, because the U.S. just doesn't have the level of chemistry that Germany does, Like when Germany is rolling, like they are just as good, if not better, than any team in this tournament. So um, if you, I guess, are not that, interested in what happens with team usa you know like some people are just because you expect them to win it every year if you want a team to follow that is relevant to the magic and has a real chance to upset and make a deep run into this tournament and maybe even to a semifinal and final they could even win the whole thing germany is going to be a really fun team to watch and then the u.s i mean tons of talent obviously paulo bancaro uh, we can go through the the rest of the roster here. Mikael Bridges, Jalen Brunson, Anthony Edwards, Tyrese Halliburton, Josh Hart, Brandon Ingram, Jaron Jackson Jr., Cam Johnson, Walker Kessler, Bobby Portis, Austin Reeves, just absolutely the most talented team in the entire tournament. They went 5-0 and in their international friendlies. Wins over Puerto Rico, Slovenia were challenged a little bit by Spain in the first half, we uh, were challenged a little bit by Greece, we are really challenged by Germany. Germany was up by as much as 16 in that game before the US, I think, went on like an 18 to nothing run, closed that game on a 22 to five run. And yes, they are ranked first in the latest FIBA power rankings. Luke, there's been some, some conversation in the media. I think somebody said that it was specifically the Bill Simmons podcast. Bill Simmons was talking about Team USA and was talking about the FIBA World Cup. And I haven't listened to the pod, but I saw multiple people that we follow and interact with on Magic Twitter talking about how Bill Simmons said that Paolo just might not be ready for this moment. Can you just talk about Paolo Bancaro and his role on this team? Just how ridiculous a statement that is?
2: Well, I mean, the fact that the role isn't anything crazy. Now, there are times where, you know, you're not going to throw Paolo out there to be your backup five like you want you're going to go at guys like Walker Kessler solely because you got guys on the other side of the ball, like like Daniel Tice, for instance, who was dominating anybody and everybody if you tried to go small on them in that game. He's a big body. I mean, he, he's a, a freaking professional in the NBA. So he knows what to do, he knows how to handle mismatches and things like that. So, I, I mean, the, the, listen, man, the, the role for Palo isn't anything incredible right now. He's paying his dues, and quite frankly, he's not as good as a lot of those guys that are in the starting lineup, for instance, and fighting for minutes. It just is what it is. I don't know that he's not ready, but it is just unfortunate that the only way they are going to use him and get him minutes, the only path for him is playing backup five, it seems. And, and unless the other team is playing small as well or just doesn't have his physical big men, Powell's not going to really see the court much. So unless he's used differently, and I don't think that that's going to be the case the The more that it goes on, the more experience he gets in the internet on the international scene. We will see the shift as it, obviously he becomes just a better basketball player and better feel and more experience in international play. We know that that is different than the NBA. the The pace is different. What is what matters is very different in international play. It's less hero ball. It's more pick and roll and just team chemistry involvement. All matters. So. Paulo, yes, has has played has things to do and, and, and ways to grow. But I wouldn't say that he's not ready. That's just not a fair statement in being ready for the role. The role just stinks, quite frankly, for Paolo Bancaro, and he's just gonna take what he can get.
1: I will say, like part of that USA run, like Paolo was in for the beginning part of that run and started to help get the US like back into that team. Like, was he like has he been phenomenal offensively? No, but that's not at all what he's being asked to do. And like defensively, as a backup five, and this is not a knock on Paolo, like we go back to the pre-draft process last year. And although I might not have been 100% sure that Paolo was going to be the number one pick for us, I always dismissed the argument that he was just going to be like a, a poor defender in the NBA. I, I just, could you make the argument at Duke? Sure. But on the team that we have with the coaching staff that we have, the way that this team plays... I knew that was never going to be the case with Paolo. But even still, had you told me that he would be as solid defensively as as he has been through those five international friendly games for the U.S., I, I he's exceeded my expectations in this role. I, I genuinely did not think he was going to be the backup five for this team. I didn't know that he was really capable of doing it on a game in and game out basis. And has he had some moments that are better than others? Absolutely. But I'm I'm pretty sure... In limited minutes, he's averaging essentially a block, maybe even a little bit more than a block per game through these international games. And if this team starts to get stops on a consistent basis with Paolo on the floor, and he's able to get out and transition, that's where you're going to be able to see the impact that Paolo can make. And let's not get it twisted. like They've been playing good quality teams. Paolo's going to have the opportunity to sort of get his feet underneath him in the group stages. They're not going to be playing... Spain and Slovenia and Greece and Germany each night, he's going to have chance to sort of warm up as the, the, the group stages of the FIFA World Cup start. So I just thought that was ridiculous. Yeah. I am a fan of Bill Simmons. I know you are as well. Yeah. But you know, sometimes he has a tendency to sort of swim in waters that are a little bit too deep for him when he just is talking about things that he really doesn't know about. And this was yeah. one of those instances. Yeah.
2: I think that a lot of the times his, his podcasts are just open thoughts. And he just talks and just thinks out loud is what that really happens. And it makes for great
1: greatest strength and his greatest weakness. Exactly.
2: That's what makes his podcast incredible. But it also is the downfall of it as well. Now, granted, the pros far outweigh the cons because we know how many listeners they bring in. But also, I will say I haven't listened to the podcast episode. I'm sure there's things Bill said about Palo that I would agree with maybe on like the the the, the shortcomings of, of him on, on team USA maybe. But what I also will say is that Bill Simmons is not a Palo Bancaro hater. Historically, he actually in February, I think did like trade value rankings. And I'm sure we talked about it on the show at the time when it got released, but Paolo was 15th. Franz was 25th. He's known to bring up the magic and positive light as of late. Um, and some of their guests do in general. But last yeah, uh, decade,
1: so, not not so much, but the last two years or so, yes.
2: Well, to be fair, there was not I much mean, worth no, I'm not. About. I'm
1: not arguing against <laughs> <it>. I'm just <laughs> stating the facts. Yeah. So facts. I,
2: I don't, he hasn't been a Palo hater. So I think he was probably thinking out loud. And again, I didn't hear the full context. So I don't know. But yeah, I, w- I would venture to say that that is not Palo's fault at all. I don't think that he's not ready. I just think it's a crappy role. Um, and it is what it is, but he's just paying his dues. That's all it is. I just think it's it's not necessarily wrong, but it's not right, but it's like not warranted and it, there's so much more context to be added than just a statement like that. so i it, whatever
1: Let's take a moment to thank our wonderful patrons, the folks that help make each and every episode possible. If you're interested in becoming one of our patrons and again, helping make each episode possible you can find us at patreon.com slash the six man show where for as little as $2 a month plus some other tiers, uh, you can get additional benefits and again, just help us do what we do. So if you're a fan of our content and like to be a part of that, again, you can find us at patreon.com slash the six man show. Part of our Patreon benefits are if you're part of our hall of fame or elite tier, uh, we shout you out on every single episode. So I'll go ahead and start with the court cousins Drew Gooden, Armin, Carson Tulo, Jonathan Borges, Normal, Magic Player History, Gabe Gaines, Wiffle, Michael Martin, Jamel Miller, Michael Salapong, The Distract, Donkey Punch Dave, Paolo and Francis Warmth, Pierre A, Nostalgia and M&Ms, Dylan Holden, Mr. Mikey, Eduardo Sanchez, Drum, Drum, Drummy, Drum, Drum, Drum Daniel Will, 15, Bobby Skinner, PB in the mix, Goaty 93, Teddy Sylvia, Eric Lopez, Fuchsia, Juan Geraldo, Bill Fulton, Edmund, Lagone, Jose and Destin for Greatness, Caleb Pete. Cannibalism time, Mister TV, ESPN really sucks. Gear ninety five shred, Junior Bruce, African Shahen one seven seven, Bobby the non Himloban Himro, R Improv two two one, Ray at Magic Kid seven one four, Spanking Season, Soft Taco, Johnny B, Fuego Nando, Victor Cologne, Irish Magic, Mike, Austin Lampy, Random Hustle, Only Franz, Maria, Keith Wallace, Fritz, Trade for Grady, We need Dick, Currency Kev, Bruv Sal, A big thank you to all of our Hall of Fame, Elite tier patrons, and all of our patrons. Again, if you want to join our Patreon, you can find us at patreon.com slash the six man show. Luke, what I want to do next is just take a look at the FIBA groups and just go through. I believe it's 32 teams in total uh, that are going to be at the FIBA World Cup and just go through uh, each of the groups. So starting with Group A, we have uh, Angola, the Dominican Republic, Philippines and Italy, Group B, South Sudan, Serbia, China and Puerto Rico. Group C, the USA, Jordan, Greece, and New Zealand. Group D, Egypt, Mexico, Montenegro, Lithuania. Group E, Germany, Finland, Australia, and Japan. Group F, Slovenia, Cape Verde, Georgia. Is that Cape Verde or Cape Verde? I can never remember. Georgia, Venezuela. Group G is Iran, Spain, the Ivory Coast, and Brazil. And then Group H: Canada, Latvia, Lebanon, and France. The groups that really matter uh, to Magic fans are going to be Group C, Group E, and Group F. So Group C has the United States, Jordan, Greece, and New Zealand. So when we're talking about the the likelihood that each of these teams are going to come out of the group stage, just want to give you the the recent uh, FIFA World Cup power rankings that were released. The USA was ranked first, Jordan 24th, Greece 15th, New Zealand 20th. Obviously, Greece would be much higher if it was for Giannis Antetokounmpo, uh, you know, not playing this summer and, and healing up for the NBA season. But Luke, the US are coming out of Group C. They absolutely have to. If not, it would be probably the biggest failure in the history of like American professional sports. Is that an understatement? I definitely wouldn't say
2: um, that that's much of an understatement. I mean, you, you have to you have to come out of this group, like you said. I don't know the the history of every pitfall that the United States has had in international play, but I would imagine not getting out of this this group stage would be the very very top of the list, probably number one. If you didn't
1: looking back to two thousand four, the United States. Olympic team winning bronze in the, the 2004, uh, Olympics, everybody, you know, knows that story that that team was just kind of thrown together. You know, we've seen all the stuff about the redeem team. Now we saw that documentary that was really, you know, spurred in like this, um, sort of, uh, revolution, you know, or evolution, this change in USA basketball, Uh, Started with that failure at the 2004 Olympics. Like, since the, you know, the redeemed, uh, the dream team, rather, uh, the expectation has been that the US is going to win gold, like competition and competition out. So they talk about that 2004 bronze medal, like it's the worst thing that's ever happened. Getting bounced in the group stage of the FIBA World Cup uh, against the 24th, 15th, and 20th ranked teams. In, in regards to FIBA, like that would absolutely have to be like the biggest failure, especially in, in team, you know, USA basketball history. The next group is group E. So this is important because it has two of our teams, uh, Germany, Finland, Australia, and then Japan. Germany ranked third, Finland ranked 12th, Australia ranked sixth, and then Japan ranked 26th. So You would definitely expect Germany and Australia to be the team's from Group E that are going to move on. And then last but not least, Group F, uh, Slovenia, Luka Doncic, uh, they're ranked 8th, Cape Verde, ranked 31st, Georgia, ranked 18th, and then Venezuela, ranked 25th. So out of all the teams, uh, Georgia is definitely going to have the the hardest time, I think, in the group stage. You know, Venezuela, a team that is not too far behind you. You're going to be playing uh, against Slovenia, so it's going to be a difficult matchup for Georgia for sure. Uh, but I think there's a good chance, Luke, that all four teams end up coming out of their you know group stage, and then uh, potentially we're going to get some magic on magic crime when it when it comes to the knockout rounds.
2: I think you're bound to. I think that all of these teams have a great chance to make it to the knockout rounds. And Georgia against Cape Verde, whatever Georgia's favored by 13 to start that to open. Uh, on august 26th at 4 a.m so they're favored to win that game by double digits that should be easy for them yeah all these teams have a great chance so I, i think it's a high high possibility we see
1: a little magic matchup action if you're looking forward to uh you know watching these world cup games plan on getting up very early at least for the next week or so now all of the world cup games are going to be available on espn plus so I don't know if ESPN Plus has like a free trial or something like that that you can sign up for just for this week to watch these games. Or what is ESPN Plus? I don't know, 10 11 bucks or whatever it is. Uh, for the next couple of weeks here, you can watch the entire, entire FIBA World Cup. So that's going to start on a uh, Friday, the 25th. Uh, that's going to be Australia versus Finland. That game is going to start at 4 a.m. And then later on the 25th, uh, Germany versus Japan at 8.10 a.m. Eastern. So I'm probably going to wake up, watch Australia versus Finland, or watch as much of that game as I can. That game will probably be over about 6. I'll go back to sleep from like 6 to 7.30, get up with the kids at that point, and then watch Germany versus Japan. And then on Saturday, we've got Georgia versus Cape Verde. That again is going to be at 4 a.m. Then later that day, you've got the U.S. versus New Zealand at 8.40 Eastern. On Sunday, we've got Germany versus Australia, Magic versus Magic. There you go, right there in the group stage. That game is going to be at 4:30 a.m. Later that morning, George. Or I'm sorry, no, actually the next day. So that's going. Now we're into Monday. There's only going to be one game uh, for the Magic on Sunday. That's going to be that 4:30 game, Germany versus Australia. Then Monday, Georgia versus Slovenia and Luka Doncic. So that's going to be a really fun game to watch. That's going to tip off at 7:30. On next Monday and then later that day the USA versus Greece going to be a rematch from the USA showcase that we saw in Abu Dhabi that game's going to tip off at 840 a.m. Eastern and here comes the earliest game of the tournament uh, at least for uh, Magic fans that care is going to be on Tuesday the 29th Germany versus Finland at three thirty a.m. maybe I'll just stay up all night maybe I won't go to bed I'll just stay up and, and watch that game and go to bed after who knows or I'll wake up, watch that game, and then absolutely go back to bed. Later that morning on the 29th, you've got Australia versus Japan, 7:10 a.m. Eastern, and then on the 30th, you've got the the final two games for the Magic. Uh, Georgia versus Venezuela starts at four, and then USA versus Jordan uh, starts at 4:40 a.m. Eastern. So maybe you watch like the first half of Georgia versus Venezuela, and then you switch over the USA versus Jordan, and just kind of jump back and forth and, and keep tabs on what's going on with those games. But that's going to be the uh, the FIBA World Cup group stage schedule as it pertains to the Magic. Uh, maybe you need to go back a, a couple of minutes and jot all these down, or if you follow us on social media, especially if you follow us on Twitter or X, whatever the heck we're calling it now, uh, our pinned tweet has all of the schedule you know through the group stage of you know the, the World Cup. So you'll be able to click on that. And then scroll down a little bit. You'll be able to find the full FIBA World Cup group stage schedule uh, for the Magic players, Luke.
2: So let's look, real quick, Jonathan, before we wrap up here, let's play a quick game. The game here is going to be called, how many games are you waking up to watch? I am going to set an over-under, and you tell me if, it, if you are going to hit the over or the under, okay? I am going Are to. Are we set talking the... about
1: my intentions or what will actually happen in reality?
2: What will actually happen? What if you had to place a bet? This is how many games I'm getting up to watch. I will be watching at the live time, not in a, a playback mode. You've got, I, I'm going to set the over under for you at six and a half.
1: That's the that's the perfect over under for me. Thank you. Um, my intention is is going to be over. The reality, by the way, I believe. Yeah, the reality might be under. I'm really going to do my best. Like the Germany and, and USA games to me are like must watch television. So that right off the bat is one, two, three, four, five, six, and then can I can I squeeze like okay on my birthday. I'm probably like guaranteed going to wake up at 4 a.m. for that Australia game. Yeah. So I'm gonna that that's going to start the, the 25th on Friday. That's going to start my day. Australia versus Finland, Germany versus Japan. I'll have both of those right out of the way. I feel an obligation to Goga to watch that first Georgia game versus Cape Verde. You're going, going to Verde watch a 4
2: a.m. for Goga and Georgia.
1: Listen, I have As been they take doing on my Cape Verde. Best. Listen, I've been doing my absolute best to cover these guys as much as possible throughout the international friendlies. We, I, I didn't watch a single Australia game. I didn't watch a single Georgia game. I feel like I owe it to Goga. Like I may not, It may not be that game, but like Georgia versus Slovenia on the 28th at 7.30 a.m., I'm watching that game. So if we're saying I'm going to watch Australia that first game, right, and then I'm going to watch all of Germany, all of the U.S., and then I'm going to watch Georgia versus Slovenia. That already puts me at, what, eight? So I'm going to, I'm going to take the over. I may fail, but that is, that is the mission and the intention that I am setting out on.
2: You're going to wake up for 3.30 Georgia versus Finland?
0: I didn't say August that.
2: On August 29th? I didn't, you I the didn't Georgia, say You said that. the Germany games.
1: Oh, you! Oh, you just said Georgia versus. Oh, Finland. sorry, yes, Germany no, versus no, no, no. Finland. Germany. Yes, I will. I'm going to set the alarm. Whether I roll out of bed or not, that remains to be seen. That I'm will a be grown man, that, Luke. I reserve the right to change my mind, but that, that is, is my to, intention as of you right know,
2: now. You can do that, but my favorite thing is, during this is not going to be the World Cup itself. It's going to be seeing if you woke up the to watch Jonathan some of these Tracker. Games. Yeah, the Jonathan Tracker. Did Jonathan? I'm gonna start a Twitter account. That Jonathan wake up for the FIBA World Cup? Yes or no?
1: I really hope so. And you know what? Part of me is like, you know, our international listeners do it all the time for the mm. magic. So part of me is like, you know what? I'm going to show the, the boys across the world that <laughs> old Jonathan can hang. All right. Y'all right, y'all are the only ones that can go to bed late, get up early, do whatever you got to do. To To be fair, there's a lot more incentive
2: for them to stay up for magic games. Than you to stay up for these games, to be fair, to give you a little bit of benefit of the doubt. If you don't do it, if you if you disappoint yourself, these guys, they you would do this for magic games a hundred percent.
1: You know what, if though? If you lived like, over there. I and this is just you know, and not to take anything away from Joe Ingles or, or Goga Batadze, right? But like Paolo Bancaro, Franz Wagner, right now are like two of my favorite players in the entire world. Obviously, they play for my favorite team. I love them personally, I love their game and everything like that you don't feel that I've been giving Germany the same amount of intention that I give magic regular season games.
2: I mean, I guess there's like just not pretty close, that like at
1: least 80% of,
2: yeah, I mean, you're locked. in. I've been for rooting sure. for
1: Germany. Like they're the magic. I've been yeah. rooting for, for Paolo's minutes, at least when he's playing for team USA, like I've been rooting for the magic. Like I, I want them to succeed in all facets of life, all facets of basketball, The better they do, the more attention it's going to bring to the Magic. Franz Wagner, his Euro basket uh, performance last year, like absolutely put more of a spotlight on the Magic during like the dog days of the summer. If, If Franz ends up being the FIBA World Cup MVP and drops like 25 in the FIBA World Cup final, like, the the center of the basketball world at that time is going to be Orlando. I mean, obviously, it'll be Germany more so than Orlando. <laughs> but for people that don't care about international basketball are only going to be pay attention because they're NBA guys playing in these games. They're like, oh, yo, Paolo versus Franz in the FIBA World Cup final was crazy. Look at what Orlando's cooking, you know? Mm-hmm. So, I I get hyped up for these games. Like, even... The Germany versus US game, when Paolo wasn't in the game and like Germany was building a lead and guys were hitting shots, I'm like, look at Obst. Oh my goodness.
0: <laughs> look, look at Johannes
1: Voigtman. Like, you know, I, I get excited for these games. So again, I'm going to set the alarm that morning. I cannot promise that I'm going to roll out of bed, but when I lay my sweet little head down asleep and I say my mm. prayers mm-hmm. and I thank the good Lord before I go to bed that night, <laughs> the intention is going to be for me to set my alarm for like, 3:20 a.m. and roll out of bed and probably come into this room so I don't wake up the rest of the entire house and sit here most likely with either an energy drink or a cup of coffee and yes, watch freaking Germany versus Finland. I we'll can't see. wait. Can't we'll wait. We'll see. Do you want me to text you at 3:30 like yo, I'm up. Yeah, I'm up. Say yeah, a picture of the of the setup. No, you'll just be able to see Twitter the next morning and see whether or not I live if you were the tweeting game. or not. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah. listen, if it's four forty five and Germany is up by twenty five on Finland, may I close my eyes for a little <laughs> bit? Possibly, but I the the intention is going to be there for me.
2: I respect it for sure.
1: All right, I think that's going to do it for this one.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Let's wrap it up. All right. That's going to do it for this episode, folks. Uh, For Luke, Sylvia, this has been Jonathan Osborne. You all have been listening to The Sixth Man Show, and we will catch you guys next time. See ya. Thanks for listening to The Sixth Man Show. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes and Spotify to get new episodes downloaded directly to your phone. If you enjoyed the show, please take a minute to give us a five-star rating and a review. It helps out the show a lot. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Sixth Man Show. We'll catch you guys next time. Go Magic! Let's go Magic! Let's go
0: Magic! Let's go Magic!
3: Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality.